Welcome to another edition of The Carousel, your number one spot for all the latest news, rumors, and scoop in college basketball. Joined, as always, by our co-host, Brian Burton. B, what's up, man? What up? What up? I got my pen. I'm representing. I love it. Phyllis, going to a monster game tonight, uh, Colorado State-Wyoming. Uh, rival game, two teams that have been ranked in the top 25 in the Mount West, so I'm excited. I, I'm not broadcasting. I just get to watch and kind of be in the media section and represent. So I think they're celebrating tonight tonight, too, at Colorado State. I think we got the pins to them. I think they're doing theirs tonight, too. So I'm not sure, but either way, it's going to be a, it's going to be a big-time game. Awesome. Yeah, you picked a heck of a year to uh, start broadcasting for the Mountain West Conference. <laughs> I uh, sure did. I sure did. It's been a blessing. It's been a blessing. Well, We've got a great show today, and we've got a special guest, so we're going to get right into it. Um, we're going to talk about some of the open jobs here later in the show. We're going to do some updates on equality and inclusion night, which has been unbelievable. Uh, but we're going to start our show off today with special guests, uh, the head coach of Binghamton, newly removed interim tag, Lavelle Sanders. Coach Sanders, welcome, man. Appreciate you jumping on. Yeah, thanks for having me. Appreciate you guys having me on. Yeah, Absolutely. Um, so maybe we'll just start it off and just throw some questions your way, coach. But, um, can you talk about, you know, a lot of times when there's like an interim situation, it's mid season, but you kind of got like a unique deal where you were the interim for this whole year. Right. Um, and just recently had it removed. So can you give us some like context of like how this situation was presented to you from Binghamton going back to last season and then your approach this year to like actually, winning the job yeah so you know when um when then uh the ad uh, pat pat elliott patrick elliott approached me and then asked me if i wanted to uh you know if i wanted to take over this position um it was just presented as uh you know an opportunity to you know be an interim head coach for for a year and then you know um you know just making a decision at a, at a later date i didn't i didn't have a timetable i had a contract for a year so I didn't have a timetable in terms of when that decision was going to be made. Um, and I, I, I might have said this to Brian before, but, um, you know, Tommy Amica is a guy who coached me at Seton Hall, who's somebody that I I always, you know, talk to or when there was any kind of important decisions in my life, you know, he's probably the first guy that I call. And when this, you know, when this, when this opportunity came came about, uh, you know, again, he was one of the first, first people I call and, he, you know, he told me, you know, you, you can't go in there and, and, and try to, like, do this job as you're trying to get the job. You have to do it as if you're already the head coach. Right. Yeah. And I never looked at myself as an interim head coach because, you know, when you're it's, it's, it's really just a label. Right. Because when you're doing the job, you're, you're doing the job as a head coach. There's there's no such thing as you're doing the job as an interim. That's just a label. Right. You have to prepare the guys. You have to right. you have to run the program like. I don't even know what an interim looks like, right? Like if we if we looked that up, like how, what does that look like? And so that's how I went about things. I just went about it as I had the job. I never ever thought about, you know, unless somebody asked me, you know, I went down to New York City to meet some donors um, like in June, July. And one of the one of the first questions one of the, the donors asked me was, how does it feel to be an interim head coach? And at that time, it was kind of the first, time since like February or March when I had really heard that. And so um, it was, you know, I was like, I, I was like, wow, I don't know how to answer that because I don't even think about it, you know? So, you know, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't put any kind of pressure on myself. Um, I just knew that what we had to do as coaches was prepare the team as best as possible, get them ready to play, 
And then after that, everything else will, will take care of itself. Mm. Yeah, and you guys are doing a great job. Eight and seven in conference right now. Um, and, and B, feel free to grab the next question after this, and we'll just go back yeah. and forth. But um, I'm just curious. Like, I've heard things about, like, coaches when they take over a program, doing small, like, subliminal things to kind of change uh, the culture and change, you know, shift the mindset. And you hear about things like coaches come in and just – change the decor of the gym or start putting up quotes on the wall. Was there any, any small things like that, that you came in from day one and just said, like, let me just, you know, shift things in appearance or the way we do things here to start, you know, putting my own brand on this. You know, we, we don't have the budget to just go in and just start changing, <laughs> changing things up. Right. Um, but I think the, the main thing was um, I, I didn't want to disrespect coach Dempsey in any way because because of coach Dempsey was the reason that I was on the staff right he gave me an opportunity and so I didn't want to you know disrespect him in any any, any way but um and the one thing that I think all coaches are different in the, in the way they approach you know the job so the, the the one thing that I really wanted to to focus in on and really get guys to understand was how hard we had to work and so you know our spring workouts were were pretty pretty tough you know we were working up waking up at six o'clock in the morning um every day and we were working out we were in the weight room you know we were outside and and, and binghamton in, in the spring is not your typical 70 degree weather right so you still <laughs> we still had some 40 30 30 degree days and i mean we were in the morning we were pushing sleds up and down the hill and so the one thing that I really wanted to get these guys to understand was how hard we had to work. And then also, I think when you invest so much, um, you know, when it comes to these days of February, when, you know, they call them the dog days, right? Yep. You, you can think back and look back and you can draw from all of that hard work you put in. And so instead of giving games away, you, you can bear down and say, you know what, we work so hard. Let's not just give this thing away. And, and so that was probably the, the one thing that I, I, I really wanted to, the guys to understand. Um, and that's the one thing that I think that we really, we really stressed and, and had to hammer home was, was how hard we had to work. Yeah. Coach, I feel like we, uh, I feel like we just had this conversation not too long ago. So I won't ask some of the same questions, but uh, it is black history month. There was a big push in this last off season uh, for more representation of the players that the coaches can look like them. So to give this opportunity uh, to be quote unquote interim, but to be given the opportunity to just be a head coach, what has that meant to you? Uh, not only just in general, but as a black man as well, because we know that we don't necessarily always get these opportunities. So does, did that have uh, a different responsibility that you carried with it? Um, I'm just curious. Yeah, you know, I was talking to um, Dwayne Killings when we played against Albany, right? And he's the other, you know, minority in our in our yeah. league. Yep. And, and and one thing that he said, and, and, I, and I told him I feel the same way, is just the responsibility that we have um, for the people that's coming behind us. Yep. And, and, and I think that's important because, you know, I look at like like the situation that happened with Juwan Howard um, with, the, with the handshake. And we and it's funny because uh, Albany and, and, and our team, you know, Dwayne Killings and our team, we had a kind of similar situation. It wasn't with the coaches, but it was with the players. And I think the one thing that I'm, I'm I'm very conscious of is is people that come behind me. I remember when I was playing basketball overseas, and I always thought about 
not just me playing at the moment, but I always thought about like I was gonna the way that I was treating the people there, they would remember that, and all of the Americans that came after me would have that kind of if I did a good job, they yeah. would get the benefit of a, of a doubt. If I didn't do a good job, it, it would be the same thing. And so I have that, I still have that same feeling now. Yeah. Um, and so I, I, I really want to stress to anybody that's in my position um, and, 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 and that has an opportunity to set an example is that, you know, we have to be conscious of everything that we do. We have to be conscious of, and not just, it's not about wins or losses, it's about how you carry yourself yeah. and how you present yourself. Because again, the people that come behind you um, are going to be judged on based off of, you know, your positive or negative success um, and, and how you are viewed, you know, in, in the public or, or whatever. And so I'm, I'm, I'm really, really conscious of that. And I, I try to make sure I'm presenting myself in a way that if some if somebody is judging me or, or another guy's going to get a job based on how I'm performing, handling kids, right. I want to make sure that I'm putting myself and, and the people that come in behind me in, in the best light possible. Yeah, I definitely, uh, I think that's spot on, especially if you think back to like, even as basic as Jackie Robinson being first, if he didn't do a good job, who knows how that story goes? You know what I mean? So I think it's, I think it is a huge responsibility. I think sometimes people don't know that uh, they don't maybe see that as that because they don't have that perspective. So I appreciate you sharing it. Uh, I feel the same way in my own regard, doing things, in media or on broadcasting like there's somebody coming behind me so if i don't do a good job then they may not be as willing to give the next gentleman an opportunity until it's comfortable so i appreciate you sharing that i'll talk right. and 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 you know and, and right right or wrong it's 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 just it's how society is and i think right. that we have to we have to understand that we have to accept that it's that's the way it is and and, and unfortunately we are we are being judged that way and so we have to make sure again when we are in positions we, you know, we're, we're, we're putting our best foot forward and, and presenting ourselves in a, in, a, in a manner that whoever comes after us will will get the benefit of the doubt. And I think to piggyback too, like you look at, so minority is really more so the topic. It just happens to be that this minority is black. But if you look at females that are in the NBA, they're in the minority. There's not very many females. So if one doesn't do a great job or whatever, the next one may not get. But now you see more and more females getting opportunities because the first, the Becky Hammonds, uh, the Nancy Lieberman did a good job. And so now it's a thing. So it just takes somebody to pave the way. So we appreciate just, you just, just go ahead. It's Adam. all about opportunity. Just look at, you know, I was watching the UConn right. game last night, right? And, you know, Danny Hurley was my teammate at Seton Hall. Um, he, get, he gets ejected out of the game. Kamani, who I know Kamani from Queens, from New York, who's right. been an assistant coach for a long time, right? Like, he steps in and does a, a, a fabulous job. They get a W. And now you look on social media today and everybody's talking about, hey, all of these ADs, they should be you know, paying attention to Kamani. He should be on a short list. But it's only about the, op the opportunity. You know, it's like Kamani is the same guy he, he is. He was like he is this morning. He's yep. the same guy he was before that before that Villanova game. Right. But nobody was talking about, you know, publicly. Nobody was talking about him, you know. ADs, he, he he needs to be on a short list. But because he gets an opportunity, because Danny is not, you know, he got kicked out of the game, you know, now he can go out there and and coach a game and, you know, call great timeouts and, and call make great plays and, you know, make it put his put his team in position to be successful. So, you know, it's it's about the the opportunity, you know. And then again, when you get the opportunity, you have to make the best of it. And, 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 and that's, prepare for that's, it. 
Right. You know, and he's, you know, he's, he's always been prepared. It's not like he just happened to, you know, he's, he's always been the same guy that he is, but now he had that opportunity for people to see him coach a game. And now everybody is, 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 is going crazy. So again, it's just about the opportunity, just like a women, a, a woman coach, um, you know, can coach men, you know, men can coach women. It's, right. it's just about the opportunity. That's all. Well said. Well said. Yeah, we're joined here again uh, by Binghamton head coach Lavelle Sanders, uh, newly removed interim tag, newly named permanent head coach. Um, congratulations. At what point did you get a, a sense that, okay, they may be getting ready to, to remove this interim tag? And what was the feeling like when you got the news? Um, you know, I don't really remember like at what point, I, again, I, I know when you, when you start winning games and you can see, you know, now you got 33,800 people coming to the games and, you know, you start to see those, those numbers tick up and you, you know, the, the, the team is getting a lot of attention. You, you know, you, of course you, you think, well, you know, maybe this can happen, but again, until the ink is signed, right. You don't really, <laughs> You don't really know and, and and stranger things have happened so you know i was in kind of constant contact with our athletic director just because we you know he's done a great job he's a, he's also an intern right and he does a great job of us having meetings quite often so we can get a chance to just kind of know each other um because again he was in a new position i was in a new position and so we we talked a lot and you know again it was just you know, those things of you know, keep doing what you're doing uh congratulations uh, not congratulations but keep doing what you're doing you're doing a great job um team is playing well and so when you, you you start to hear those things you you know you again you you can you know you can start to think about it but again i i, I really tried as, as well as much as possible you know not to even worry about that you know my wife was you know my wife was coming home we were coming home we were winning a game and she was like hey did anybody call you yet you know did you, are you gonna sign a contract and i'm like listen let's not worry about that you know let's like when it happens it's gonna happen right and and so you know, I would see the, you know, because the president and I, you know, President Stinger, we have a really good relationship. You know, we 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 text a lot, um, and so when you're having those contacts and those relationships with, with with the with the administration, you you know, you you can you think something can happen, but again, not until my agent called me and said, "Hey, the the, you know, everything is a go." You know, that I really believe that it happened. And was it like a? I'm sure it was a ton of emotions and and feelings. Uh, did you have time to celebrate or, I mean, I know you're in the middle of your season as well. So it's, you like know what, got... it, it, you know what? So it happened on, um, um, Valentine's day when I got the, the, the word and my, you know, we were actually as a family, my wife, and my two daughters, we were actually having dinner when my agent called me and was like, Hey, you know, so everything is done, you know, blah, blah, blah. Now, you know, it's time to sign a contract. And, and so we were actually having dinner at that time and, um, kind of celebrating, valentine's day and as i said i i would never forget you know valentine's day 2022 you know because you know it was it was it was a special day you know not just being able to be with my, my like to get the word to be with my family um but we were also able to kind of celebrate it right at that moment you know how was how was walking into the locker room the next day was everyone uh all the players happy for you and the um, staff i'm you sure know what? So i gotta it's funny because so I'm not sure. I'm not exactly sure when, when we, when I, when I told the players, but it, it got out, it got out um, the day before I told the players. So it got, it came out kind of came out that evening and we practice in the morning. We practice at nine o'clock in the morning. So um, I wasn't really sure what I, 
if I was able to tell the players or not, because again, I didn't get that information until that night. And then the night that I got it, you know, then it started to get out. And, um, and so I told the players the next morning and, and, and basically my message to them was again, this was a team thing. Like I, I don't, I'm not the head coach there. If those guys didn't go out and perform on the court, right. It's the same thing with my coaches, the coaching staff is, you know, right. I'm, I'm not in this position to sign this contract. If those guys didn't do all they did to, to help, help this thing happen. And so that was my message to the guys. And of course I had got some texts from, from the players that night, once they started to see stuff on, um, you know, on, on, on social media, you know, a bunch of the guys text me and we were pretty, pretty pumped up. Um, and it's funny because the, the president, he was telling me um, he was pretty happy. He was happy that it was over because he thought that like our players were kind of, you know, playing for me instead of playing for themselves. Um, and he wanted them to kind of be able to play free. Um, and, 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 and he was happy that the whole kind of thing was was over and we can get kind of get past it. Nice. I love it. I know you got to get you got game day today. So another game. Uh, just tell people that don't know much about your program. Tell them something about your program that you want them to know real quick before we let you go. Right. So, um, man, Binghamton University is one of the the premier public school schools in the in the nation. I want to say we're sitting at number sixteen um, of our public schools in in, in the nation. Uh, really, really good academic school. Um, you know, I think getting a, a degree from Binghamton University really, really speaks volumes in terms of athletics. You know, we have great facilities. I, I think we have the best facilities in, in, in our league. You know, we have an on-campus arena that holds over four, uh, 5,000 people. And again, by us, you know, starting to win some games. Like I said, last game, we had 3,800 in, in, in the building. And so, you know, Binghamton, the city, uh, the, the university basically keeps the city thriving. Hmm. And all of the, you know, we have 18, 19,000 students. Um, beautiful campus when you, I think, again, a lot of times people don't really know about Binghamton just because the basketball program hasn't, you know, hasn't been doing that well in the past. But anytime we bring a recruit up and they're able to see the university, the campus, the facilities, people fall in love with it. You know, it's about three hours from, from New York City. So, you know, it's not like, it's, you know, it's not inside, you know, the city, but it's not too far outside either. Um, and so I think it's, it's, it's a, somebody wrote down here, it's a sleeping giant. It's one of the things that I said when I first came, I thought it was, I thought it was that because again, whenever we had kids come up, I mean, they just love the place, you know? Um, and so anybody looking for an opportunity to play in a, a really good league, um, get a really good education and have an opportunity to be successful on and off the floor. I think Binghamton university is a, is a great opportunity. And one of the things that I'm, really proud of is a lot of the contacts that I'm making, you know, it's, it's going to put me in a position to help a lot of kids after basketball, which I think is really important. Um, yeah. I, I know I, I've been in this situation before and I know, you know, how it is when you try to reach back and, and, and try to get some help. And so I'm really, really conscious of, or I'm really trying to do a really good job with the guys that graduate and, 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 and go on and want to play basketball. That's great. But the guys that don't want to play and want to, start some kind of career um i want to be able to help those guys out and i think the contacts that i'm making is going to allow me to do that that's awesome well coach we appreciate your time i know you got a game tonight so we'll let you get back to it but uh congratulations on officially becoming the permanent head coach 
uh, Binghamton University, and uh, and good luck tonight. Appreciate it, man. I mean, again, I'm I'm always appreciative when you know I can get on someone's platform and talk about the university and give people a little insight about about me or, or our program. So I appreciate you, Adam and Brian, having me on, um, and 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 you know, continue to have much success with with everything you guys are doing. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll do this last plug. If you guys got a box in the mail that has these pins, feel free feel free to wear them. We got a couple more uh, games left. If you ha if if you got the box, I don't know if you got it, but we sent them to everybody. So okay, I, I got I got to check I got to check that out. I'll, I'll check and see. We got we got tonight's game, and we got two more games that are regular season, and then you know playoffs. Yeah, so if it's there, you can wear any any game. You don't have to. I just had to do that shameless plug. Uh, definitely, definitely. We, we appreciate you. It's just uh, excited for you to have that permanent position, man. You're going to continue to do great things. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks, Coach. Hi, right, Bill. All right, Coach Sanders. Big-time interview. Appreciate you uh, uh, making that happen today, Brian. I like yeah. I like bringing the guest on to the carousel. That was a good addition. Nice touch, nice touch especially uh, with all the stuff that's going on. It's a nice touch. Absolutely. The evolution of rising coaches, man. It's just the carousel keeps evolving. <laughs> year two. It's year two. No doubt. No doubt. Hey, yeah, I, think, of the I think it's just cool real quick to just say uh, we actually interviewed him two weeks before he got the job on All Access, uh, streamed through Rising Coaches as well. And, yeah, he was so just very peaceful about the job he's done and not thinking about am I going to get the job or not, which I've been in an interim situation those situations can be really hard. And I think if there ever is a way to approach it, he's approached it the right way as if I have the job, uh, I work for Tick Price too. He talked about that when he was the interim. Uh, it's a tricky situation. So you almost want to just own it as if it's your job, still having something to prove, but you have something to prove if it was your job anyway. So just do the best job you would and not think of yourself as an interim. And he's done that and deserves everything that he's getting and excited to shine a light on a place like Binghamton. You don't hear too much about Binghamton on the bigger scale of things. So it's great to be able to get him some love and some spotlight. Absolutely. And shout out to my guy, Bryce Beamer. One of my guys that I've known since he was a, a baby. I worked with his mom back at university of Tampa back in the day. And he is contributing to that Binghamton success right now. So shout out to Bryce uh, and coach Sanders. We appreciate you. And, and Brian, speaking of everything that's going on and, and uh, you mentioned it there at the end, equality and inclusion night is uh, is we're, we're at the tail end of it. We're kind of in the in the fourth quarter. It's been an amazing month. Um, over 150 schools have participated across the country in pretty much every single state uh, except Alaska and Hawaii, I think. Uh, so it's it's been incredible um, what's been going on. And, and like you said, you're headed to a game tonight. We've got a few more this week uh so so great great stuff going on there yeah no doubt i was gonna say one time too uh last thing on binghamton marlon guild who was uh, a part of our embrace us next up first initiative he's also a part of embrace us he is uh who connected me with coach sanders so big shout out to marlon guild doing great things over there too uh yeah equality and equality and inclusion has been i don't know what i expected i'll, I'll probably ask you this what did you expect and what is it really like but uh, it's been really cool to see across college basketball, like you said, every state's been touched pretty much. Uh, women's, men's, people making shirts, 
not necessarily specifically for us, but for what they want to stand stand in, but also people making specific shirts that had rising coaches, DEI Alliance, and uh, just seeing coaches really gravitate and, and get behind it and stand together and keeping this topic inside in mind has been uh, it's been a super cool thing to see. So uh, salute to you for the vision. Salute to the team for the execution. And, uh, yeah, I could talk about it all day. So. I'm gonna pass it back to you. Well, well, let's let's talk about that in a minute. I want to show uh, this. This aired yeah. on CBS here this weekend. Uh, this is our executive director, Daryl Jacobs, uh, during halftime of the George Mason and uh, Fordham basketball game. So we're gonna let this run. If I can figure this out, let's see here. Let's do the, let's do the big screen. Take us out of the way. Big first half for George Mason. Have a two-point lead on the road here at the half against Fordham. Welcome courtside with Coach Sidney Johnson, Chris Lewis here with Daryl Jacobs, the executive director of the Rising Coaches DEI Alliance. So thanks so much for taking the time here at the half to chat with us. Kind of want to start with the Rising Coaches DEI Alliance. What exactly is it? How did that come about? Well, Rising Coaches itself, the organization, is the largest coach association in America. We have over 1,500 coaches ranging from the NBA, WNBA, college, high school, of course, grassroots. The DEI Alliance came about as the brain trust of Adam Gordon, who's the CEO, who approached me about coming aboard and actually trying to to help coaches in the profession in terms of getting job opportunities. That's how it came about. Well, and what would you say, Daryl, just in terms of the specific purpose of equality and inclusion in college basketball? Well, we use, we want to use our platform because we know that college coaches and head coaches are the most powerful tool in terms of having influence over the student athletes and possibly on their campus as well. So we want to get that the college coaches involved because we know that in college basketball is a powerful, powerful fraternity. So we want to keep the spotlight on equality and inclusion. So that's why we came up with this initiative. And, and one quick follow up to that is just in terms of the timing, you know, like how quickly, you know, this is change that is certainly needed and we would love it now. So kind of like what timeline can we look at in terms of some of these things and changes coming about? Well, we have some initiatives that we have going, particularly with the DI lines. I have the next up initiative where we put together um, our men's basketball vice president, Brian Burden, and Kim Hampton, the former WNB legend with the New York yeah. She's the vice president of women's basketball. So we have a couple of initiatives called the next up. We had um, it start. This was our second year. We just completed it. And we have two coaches the first year that went on to get Division One jobs um, at the Division One level. And we had a coach that went on to get a G League job. And we have part of our board of advisors. We have talent, I mean, certain firms that help us out and preparing the coaches in terms of getting them ready for interviews and a lot of time with minority candidates they find that they was not prepared they don't yeah. have the secret sauce or the secret code to go in and get the job so that's what part of the DEI does so, so is there a certain amount of benchmarks or statistics that you want to hit or the growth that you want to see at a certain amount of time like what are the metrics that you're looking at here. well you know the metrics as you know this past season in college basketball season was probably the most we've seen minority coaches being hired in the college basketball level so it's coming about as well even though it's not where we want it to be not just on the coaching side but on the administrative side and collegiate athletics as well dr richard labchek as you know who has the ties institute 
who does the study of all uh, professional sports and collegiate athletics shows the statistics that right now in college basketball on the administrative side, 88 to 90 percent of the administrators are white males. And it's the same way on the other side with the coaches as well. We're not even talking about football and all that kind of stuff. So yeah, these yeah. are the kind of organizations we work with, particularly with Dr. Richard Lachak and Tides. Well, Daryl, appreciate all the work that you're doing and looking forward to seeing how the DEI Alliance changes the game. And appreciate the time. Again, Daryl Jacobs, the executive director of the Rising Coaches DEI Alliance. We'll have the second half coming up next. I was high level. Yeah, man, that gets me hype every time I see it. Our executive director, Daryl Jacobs is the best i mean I'm, we're so blessed to have an amazing team such amazing people involved daryl yourself kim hampton aaron Sennett, and all the member organizations and everybody else on the rising coaches team uh th that's how you accomplish things of course dr marcus bright gotta gotta mention our guy no uh, doubt he's mr everywhere he's all he over was, he, just he, said was, he was gonna be here today but he's so everywhere he couldn't even do it <laughs> no doubt no doubt um, but yeah, really, really been amazing. And like we said, we're in the home stretch here for a quality and inclusion night. And it's really just the beginning. You know what I mean? This is, uh, the goal is to get this thing established, get, every, get, get participation and, and really get it on the calendar, uh, for everybody as an annual event. And we've certainly accomplished that and more. Um, and now the impact can begin now that this has been introduced to, to basketball, now you know the hard part's over now we can really start impacting uh not just the profession like we've been doing yep. through the various initiatives that daryl mentioned but really leveraging our platform as leaders in sports and of, go of course we always talk about it. sports is the great uniter in the world yep. and leverage that platform to make changes in our own communities um we're all home all of our athletes are hometown heroes somewhere and your university is one of the main assets in your own city. And so that's such a big platform that is underutilized. Yep, absolutely. I love that uh, interview with Daryl. You can definitely see why uh, he belongs on television and uh, just his way to communicate. You can tell his passion and conviction. And, you know, as much as this was your vision, there's a lot of this has been his baby too as the executive director to uh, help create some of the initiatives and help get things organized and just help be a leader for this whole thing. So I'm, I, it's cool to see people get the flowers that are in the background serving. So I'm happy to see Daryl do that. He did a great job uh, representing uh, the, the team and uh, yeah, only the beginning, much more to come. And like I said, I just think it's just such a cool thing to see when you have a vision and it comes to life and uh, it becomes a thing. It's like, Hey, I remember when that was just an idea we were talking about it. And it's like, should we do this? Should we try this? Like, if we're going to do it, we got to, and next thing you know, it's it's a real thing. So, uh, again, it's a, amazing to see uh, what God can do. And I think the coolest thing for me that touches my heart is just, like, is the unification of it all. It's not just, uh, it's something that is not just a good cause, per se, which great causes are important, but I think it's a unifying cause. And I think that's the part where uh, it makes it a more powerful thing because hopefully teams and organizations and uh, athletic departments uh, rallying and connecting behind initiatives like this and, and, and causes like this to make people be more aware, but also be more unified. I think we've all experienced a little bit of recent division and I'm not getting into politics, but uh, it's, 
we're more alike than we are different at the end of the day, no matter if we're black, brown, female, male, whatever, we're more alike than we are different. And I think the whole idea for me behind equality and inclusion is just like, let's just all do it together as best we can and respect those differences, respect where everybody's coming from and hear it and learn and uh, yeah. And then just celebrate as we go and our own individual races and be ourselves, we can still do it together. And that's the beauty of sports is that people from all backgrounds that normally may not have been on a team or work together, uh, they're doing it for one common goal. So anyway, that's my little, uh, my little spiel on that. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and like we say, we could talk about this for hours, but this is the carousel. The reason people tune in is because they want to know what's going on in college basketball, what jobs are open, who's going to get them. Um, and we're probably in all honesty, it's February 23rd. We're about a week away, 10 days away from like the carousel really beginning to turn. But since our last recording last week, uh, there has been one division one job opened up, uh, Maine, has opened up and, uh, uh, you know, a good Northeast job. They've, they have not had a ton of success in the recent history, but um, this is an opportunity for someone to come in and just like coach Sanders at Binghamton um, lay their mark on a program. And, and I'm going to, I'm going to just start off and, 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 and throw out a name. I know we like to throw out hypotheticals and who we think they should hire. Uh, we talk about it on the show all the time. Like who's going to be the first AD to step up and hire a female to coach a men's basketball team at the division one level. And there is no more obvious uh, opportunity for this than the university of Maine. You guys can make history. They've of course had Adnisha Curry, who is currently an assistant coach for the Portland trailblazers. Uh, Coach Curry was on staff with Maine men's basketball. Um, And at the time, I believe she was the only female uh, assistant coach in division one basketball. Um, I believe that's true. And she's as good as, as any coach that I've been across. When you hear, hear her speak, she has such a presence. Uh, she has such wisdom and she has such a, a amazing ability to communicate. And, uh, and that at the end of the day is what, isn't that what coaching is? Like it doesn't matter if you're male, female, black, white, like if you can communicate, if you can get people bought in, on a clear vision, um, then you can, you can do the job. And, and not only that, but she's as, as uh, qualified of a basketball coach in terms of just strategically, tactically, um, all of that. She checks in all those boxes and now has a year in the NBA under her belt. Come on now, what are we doing? Give Anisha Curry the job. I mean, we, we didn't even mention the fact that she played in the WNBA uh, for Phoenix in Los Angeles, uh, played overseas as well. So, Played it, uh, had a passion for the game, has a passion for the game that is probably unmatched. I mean, you could say some people are as passionate about it, but I don't think you could say people are more. Uh, Very purpose-driven, very powerful individual. Uh, We've had a lot of communication via text. We're both a part of DI Alliance, Be Ready family. Uh, I have not had the pleasure yet of having communication with her, but uh, on a phone call or getting to meet her in person. But just my impressions and what I know of her, yeah, home run. I don't know if they can get her, but if you can, you should definitely try. Yeah, the NBA lifestyle is pretty good. I don't know that she'd be on the first plane back to Maine, but I don't know. It'd be a chance to make history, and it, it would be incredibly impactful. Yeah, I agree 100%. Well said. Yeah. Um, other jobs that are open that we've talked about in the past, uh, of course, we've got Maryland open. 
We've got Louisville open. Um, are you hearing anything new there? Any new names? We're kind of beating that horse to death, I believe. But uh, anything new that you're hearing there? Uh, not anything worth talking about. I mean, you hear a lot of things, but not anything worth talking about. I think people, everybody's kind of in a wait and see mode on this one to see what happens with the things that seem to be the leading candidates. So uh, I think all of it will fall in place after that. Absolutely. Illinois State, of course, is the other Division One job open at the moment. Uh, a great opportunity that we kind of broke down last week with the help of Aaron Sennett, our Missouri Valley expert, former player at the University of Evansville. Um, and uh, yeah, I think, you know, again, because we're about a week away from the carousel really turning, you know, we don't want to sit here. We're, we, we don't really, uh, Brian and I have both sat down and talked about our philosophy of this show. And we both agreed that, um, you know, we're not going to sit here and pontificate about jobs that might open because there's people currently in those positions, yeah. you know, battling their tail off. And, and the last thing we want to do is throw any kind of gasoline on a fire. Um, and so we're not going to sit here and use our remaining time today uh, talking about what might come open. But we thought what we what we would do is talk about some coaches that we think are, are kind of primed for an opportunity um, and that that would be a great choice, you know, if there is an opening in their region. So I thought maybe, Brian, the best way to do this, maybe maybe we can just go through the Power Five conferences and each kind of name one guy from each league. I'm putting you on the spot. We haven't prepared for this. Uh, so I certainly can go lead off here. Um, but I thought that might be the best way to use this time. Is that Are you game for that, B? I'm open, man. I'm open. Okay. All right, cool. Well, let's start. You're undefeated in these spaces. You don't have to lose games, so it's a lot easier to be put on the spot. <laughs> no doubt. No doubt. Well, let's start with um, the Pac-12. Um, I'm going to just kick it off here uh, with a guy who just went through our most recent Next Up head coach training initiative, Jesse Pruitt uh, at Stanford, a uh, member of the Black Coaches Association. Jesse is fantastic. Um, he's been at it for a long time, was on staff at Santa Clara, uh, before uh, joining Stanford. Uh, I, he had some other stops as well, but just an incre incredibly, um, you know, kind of like what you said about Anisha, purposeful, well-spoken, uh, great communicator, and just great person at the end of the day, just a great guy. Would love to see Jesse Pruitt get an opportunity, and, and I have no doubt that um, he'd be successful with it. Yeah, I mean, you talk about a league, uh, when you start going to these high major leagues, it does get tough to try to figure out, like, man, who would be good? I mean, there's so many qualified candidates. Um, I'll probably go with a little bit of personal bias on this and just say, uh, and, and and they're not having the greatest season this season, which is Oregon, but uh, I think Chris Crutchfield deserves an opportunity if you look at the body of work that he's done as an assistant coach uh, at Oklahoma for a long time with Lon Kruger. Uh, his time as a head coach in junior college, his time recently as a D Division II head coach, uh, and just a first-class guy. I think so many times guys that have been, uh, let's just call it what it is, that have been labeled uh, at the top of a program and maybe they're looked at as a recruiter, recruited guys like Trey Young and several other pros. Uh, you look at a guy like Stubblefield and the job he's done and doing at DePaul, and I think that more guys that are maybe put into a box is like, oh, we just see you as this a guy who recruits and yeah, you win next to him, but we don't necessarily see you as winning on your own. I would, I would pick him out first. 
um, just to kind of hopefully break some of the the perception there. And I love Jesse Pruitt. I think that's a phenomenal one as well. Yeah, great choice. And like you said, there's so many deserving guys in each of these leagues. So it's really hard to just say one, but you know. Yeah, I think I think I think most of the time, if we're just being blunt, and, and this is political, but it's also honest, like. Most of the time when you get to that level and most guys feel like you have to get to that level to get the next chair, so to speak. Uh, I think a lot of most coaches at that level are capable of running a program. It's just a matter of does it fit your program? So no uh, doubt. I think I think more coaches than not are capable of running Division One programs. But it's not just about the hype just because you're high major either, though. There's a lot of guys that are not high major that can definitely coach a program, too. So. Okay. Say that. Absolutely. But to be respectful for, for uh, everyone's time. Yeah. yeah. I like this game. Like, we're just going like, one. I like we're just one going one guy. So that, that's like great. Um, okay. AC, we're, let's move over now to the ACC. I'm going to go with Florida State CY. Charlton Young, um, of course, has head coaching experience, was the head coach at Georgia Southern years ago, uh, and then since rejoined the staff at Florida State where they've had unprecedented success. Anyone that knows CY knows what a dynamic personality he has, but not only that, um, it has really been a, like we said, a, a part of a staff that has made history with what they've done at Florida state on the court, winning the ACC, uh, and, and, uh, becoming a perennial powerhouse right there with, it's hard to carve out space when you got Duke and Carolina in your league, but they've done it. And CY has right. been a huge part of that, uh, success. So would love to see him get another opportunity. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. I don't, I don't, again, I, I've talked to CY. I think we're actually got an interview set up, which I'm excited about. I've seen him interview a ton and I don't know him super personally, but getting to know him more, but uh, his reputation kind of speaks for itself and what they've done at Florida State. Uh, you see guys like Dennis Gates, uh, who was a part of that tree, and Andy Enfield is a part of the tree. People don't all actually know that. So, uh, or people may not remember that. So, the, the, definitely a great choice there. I'm going to kind of go a little different speed. I'm going to go Jay Willie at, uh, Virginia, uh, obviously Virginia guys have had a ton of success moving on. Uh, you win a national championship. They're not necessarily at the top of the ACC now, but their run, I mean, to win consistently in that league and uh, the job he did at American when he was there, and uh, he's kind of climbed the ranks and paid his dues. And a guy who's never promoting himself, I don't even know if he has a social media. I think he does, but I, he, I remember him joking about how he's not very good at using it. His players kind of clowning, but – uh, he's he does a good job. I think again, there's so many people that do a good job, but he's a guy that I don't even know if he has an agent. I'm not speaking for him, but just one of those guys that is just doing his job and putting his head down and doing right by people. And sometimes those guys can get lost in the sauce. So I would pick him. Love it. Great choice. Um, let's go over to the Big 12 now. Uh, you got anyone that jumps off? Can you go off the top here? Man, I'm gonna let you go first. That's too. Okay. I got I got too many people in that one. <laughs> I know, I know. Okay, well, I'm, I'm gonna go with. Yeah, there are a lot, like all these leagues. You know who I was really impressed with, man. Of course. Yeah, yeah, well, please. Uh, I was really impressed with Dwayne Broussard at TCU. Yeah. I'm, I'm what glad you. Good, said. Yeah, what a good guy, man. Great person. Again, just like everybody we've talked about, unbelievable communicator. Um, and what really struck me about Dwayne unbelievable amount of clarity in who he is and what he believes in. And yep. to me, that's the most important thing. Like the, that's the most important quality in my opinion yep. that translates into like that next chair and becoming a successful head coach is knowing who you are because you're going to get so much thrown at you decisions you got to make 
money, attention, fame, boosters, all that stuff. And you, you, you know, like if you don't have clarity in who you are and your core beliefs, yeah, then it's going to be really hard to juggle all that stuff because you're trying to figure it out and manage all those things. Dwayne's got it figured out. He knows who he is. He's had a, a decades of success in college basketball. They're having a great season this year at TCU. Would love to see Coach Broussard get an opportunity. Yeah, I love that pick. It's funny that you say that. I was actually thinking I was going to say I was going to name. So says that's a lot about. That's why I wanted yeah. you to go first because I didn't want to steal yours, but I wanted to see who you were going to pick. I was thinking in my head like, nah, he won't say that one. So I'll <laughs> let him go first. But uh, <laughs> um, credit to Coach Broussard that. I just think he's just another one of those guys. Just such a top shelf, first class human being. Uh, such a great communicator. So so high of integrity. Um, such a hard working guy, and uh, just one of those guys you just know is going to do well. He's always been successful. He's been a winner. Uh, so I, I love that pick. I'm I'm biased, but I'm again biased but factual. So I, I'm okay being biased in that. Uh, yeah, I, I probably will go just because I think this bell. Uh, probably just hasn't been rung enough, even though recently I think he's getting more attention. But uh, I'm going to still go with Jerome Tang and, and just say that the, I think he's the longest tenured assistant in the Big 12, uh, finally got that national championship, which I don't know if anyone ever can. It's easy to think now, like, oh, yeah, Baylor's good. But, I mean, did anybody ever think Baylor was going to win a national championship? No. You can say you did, but I don't believe you. So, yeah, just looking to see what he's done. And I think – at this point in his career, it's not about is he going to get a job, but he deserves a high-level job. Again, we just talked about uh, Dana, I mean, um, uh, Coach Stubblefield, uh, for example, getting at DePaul. Like, that's a Big East job, you know, from a high major. Most of the time you have to start and get a job that may be at the bottom of the barrel as far as Division One conferences. So, uh, yeah, I'll still scream Jerome Tang's name and just say I believe he deserves to have an opportunity to get an elite level job or a, a very good job from the jump uh, instead of having to maybe get a team or a program that just isn't really invested in winning, so to speak. So uh, I'm, I'm going to still ride. I'm going to still I'm going to ring that bell a little bit longer. Uh, I think he deserves it. And I just think although people may say like, oh, the job it's like, but let's get him a good job now, like not just a job. So. Yes, that's what I got. Great pick. I, I had a feeling you'd be going with the Baylor guys, and, and that is – I'm glad you did because no doubt Jerome Tang is ready and deserving of an opportunity. All right, yeah, moving just, over now. I just think, too, like when you – like like Neptune. Coach Neptune got his job. He said Villanova mm-hmm. he won national championships. Like how long was he with – how long was he with uh, Jay Wright? Like he deserved that opportunity. Now he has an A-10 job. It's a tough one, but it's an A-10 job. So – I think that example of like guys that are a part of national championships, that's the ultimate success. We say that's what we are striving for as, as coaches. And so when you do it, those guys deserve to be rewarded. So anyway, next league. No question. Okay. Moving over now to the big East. I'm going to go with Jeff battle, associate head coach. Providence, <laughs> And I don't know coach battle. Well, I've talked to him a few times. Seems like a great person. Uh, the reason I'm going with coach battle and like always, there's tons of guys in this league that, are ready for the opportunity. What I like about coach battle is he was the associate head coach at wake forest when they really had that thing rolling, um, with coach Prosser and then coach Gaudio. Uh, and then now currently at Providence, Providence and wake are two like tough jobs. Those are not easy places to win. And he was part of 
those guys having tremendous success. And of course, what Providence is doing this year, uh, a national championship contender, if you can help schools like like Providence and Wake Forest ascend to the highest levels of college basketball, then you know what you're doing. And what that tells me, too, is you know how to evaluate. Right. And as a new head coach, you're probably going to get a job that may be tough, that needs to get turned around. And the ability to evaluate effectively is like the most underrated talent in coaching, in my opinion, the most underrated skill, I should say. Right. Um, so I'm going to go with Jeff Battle. would love to see him get an opportunity. I believe he could do it since he's done it at difficult jobs. Yeah, I like that. I like that. I would say uh, just ride a wave of what we mentioned earlier and just say Kamani Young. Uh, he deserves an opportunity. Uh, former UTEP minor, uh, good player back in the day. And um, what they've re rebuilt there, uh, he worked with Ben Johnson at Minnesota. We see the Ben Johnson success that he's had as a head coach. Uh, yeah, I believe Kamani's a next up type of guy to have an opportunity. Uh, he's put a lot of blood, sweat, and tears into that program to help it get to where it is now. And uh, I think it was a great moment for him last night to be able to, you know, show that he's more again than just a recruiter. I know that's kind of a tagline, but it, it's just a reality that sometimes minority coaches face in this business, whether we want to admit it or not, it's just the truth. There's a lot of times where that is what you're seeing. That is what your major value is. But there's so much more to so many of these guys. So I just love to see that uh, he had his opportunity last night to show who he is and people can start looking at him in different ways. So I would say Kamani Young. Love it. Okay. Rapid fire now. The, uh, going to the Big Ten, I'm going to go with Purdue assistant coach Brandon Brantley. Don't know him at all. Really don't know much about him. But I know those Purdue guys always turn around and have tons of success as a head coach. Uh, Coach Brantley's kind of like that next up guy. Been at Purdue for I think seven, eight seasons. Uh, so I'm going with him for my Big Ten pick. Yeah, you kind of put me on the spot. It's going to look like we're a Purdue show. Um, but I was going to go Terry Johnson, that's now at Purdue, that was at Ohio State, um, was with um, Brad Stevens back in the day at Butler. Again, uh, another first class guy has won at the highest level. Um, you know, can't get to be a better human. And I think that's part of maybe what the move to Purdue was. Sometimes you just need a change, and he did a great job at Ohio State too. But uh, I think he's going to be a tremendous head coach when he gets his opportunity. Love it. Okay, SEC, this is a hard one because this is where, like, all my people are at. Um, you want to go, go first on this one? SEC, oh, you're doing pretty well going first. Oh, man, okay. <laughs> I got about, like, I got some close friends in here, and I got a lot of people that I really, really believe in in this conference, so yep. it's going to be hard. But I'm just going to go ahead and go with um, – oh, man. Oh, I got to punt. I got to I gotta think this out a little Let's bit. Let's just go two. You go two on this one. Let's do that. Okay. All right. Oh, you want me to pick two people? Yeah, pick two. You pick two. Sure. Okay. I got to go with somebody who never gets talked about. Um, I got to go George Brooks at Mississippi State. The, the best – first of all, like the, one of the smartest and funniest people that I've ever met. Yeah. Uh, the guy is brilliant. Um, he stays, uh, out of the spotlight, I think by design, not too many people know him, not too, he's got a small circle, but the guy is brilliant. He is one of the best recruiters in college basketball. So I got to go George Brooks, Mississippi state. The man is ready. Give him his, give him his program. Let's go. Let's go. What's the, what's the second one? Uh, second one, man, 
I'm going to go with, uh, uh, I got to go with my Missouri guys. And there's two there. I got to go Cornell Mann and Chris Hollander. Both are fantastic human beings. Both are brilliant basketball coaches. Um, they haven't had the best season this year, but uh, I, I got to shout out those two guys as well. Yeah, good stuff. Is that is that is that the is that the uh, all the rounds? Are we missing anyone? You got anyone for the SEC? You got a pick for the SEC or no? Uh, I was gonna go more so uh, AAC and just go and go with Houston uh, assistant Quantas White. I think so many times that they talk about uh, Kellen Sampson, which he is the head coach in waiting uh, for his father when he decides to step down or do something different. Uh, but Quantas White, man, what a winner! Uh, tremendous person. Uh, such a great basketball mind and uh, competitor on the floor, you know, helped lead Kelvin Sampson teams back in the day to final four um, doing the same thing as a coach. And just another one of those guys like protected profile on Twitter, like just really talks about his faith and celebrating Houston wins. He's all about his family, but man on the court, is he good and uh, understands recruiting at a high level and just kind of one of those dudes who's a, he was a dog when he played and he led, and it has so much conviction, and he still does that as a coach. So not somebody who would ever really promote himself very much or even be in the circles to do much of that, but I wanted to make sure I said something about, even though it's not a power conference, they're a top 25 team, so I had to pick them. Love it. Love it. Well, Brian, it, as always, man, enjoyed it. The carousel is always my favorite time of week. Um, <laughs> this thing will continue to, to start moving, and jobs will open up, and we'll have all the latest scoop and rumors and news about it. Um, so we appreciate you guys tuning in. B, have fun tonight. Colorado State, Wyoming should be a, a barn burner in the in the Mountain Man. West Conference. My word. Must see TV. I don't know what channel it's on yet. Probably CBS or Fox. I would guess CBS, but must see TV. And, and a big-time game last night in the Mountain West between San Diego State and Boise State, uh, the rematch, and uh, came down to the final free throws. Missed two, made two, game's over at the buzzer. So, yeah, big-time game. And uh, I think all four will be tournament teams. So I'm excited about it. Love it. Love it. Well, B, thanks for, for helping us out here. And thank you guys for tuning in. We'll see you next week.